Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Bickley Blast. On Monday, the Bickley Blast might be a celebration or it might sound like a funeral dirge. It might be a raucous reset, a turning point for a team on its way to a championship, or it might signal the end of the current regime and CP3's time in Phoenix. Yeah, there's a lot going on downtown over the next 72 hours. And for the Suns, one of the strangest, most disjointed regular seasons in history, it all comes to a head in games three and four and nobody really has a clue on what to expect from the home team but let's start with the opponent the Nuggets have everything they want can they handle it finally they have all the attention they crave and the respect they deserve can they deal with it no matter what else the Suns do they better make the Nuggets feel that pressure now the Suns have to be better obviously the home crowd will surely be a benefit I know KD will respond and I think campaign can handle the moment. But if the Suns fall again, if they cannot get Game 3 to the finish line, you are going to hear the silence of heartbreak and hopelessness inside Footprint Center again, and that is a sound I never want to hear again. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. They've got two great locations, and you can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. It's a tough thing to gauge because you we're, we're making adjustments in-game as opposed to game to game. We're probably making two, three, four adjustments in the first half just based on what the team is doing. So I'm sure... They're going to adjust to our adjustments, and we got to do the same to counter. Um, you just have to wait and see. Adjust to the adjustments. Uh, that is the story of the NBA playoffs, which is another reason which makes uh, playoff basketball so much different than mm. <laughs> regular season. I mean, you, you hear about adjustments at halftime of some regular season games, but... Mm-hmm. We get this yearly reminder, Bick, of it's a different sport once the playoffs start. You mm-hmm. talked about, you know, defense. Most guys just kind of loafing it on defense for most of the year and then cranking it up when the playoffs start. It's unbelievable. And isn't you it? can see it. I mean, the eyeball test shows you that. It, mm-hmm. It's just, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, no, Sun, you're right. The Suns are the team making the uh, personnel adjustments, partially by necessity with Chris Paul out, but. You know, Monty Williams going to some different sources potentially tonight, and Terrence Ross, T.J. Warren. Um, I shudder to think if this is a successful experiment and T.J. Warren and Terrence Ross influence a victory tonight, that will fall back on Monty Williams in a way, too. Like well, why, good why didn't you do yeah, this sooner? Well, yeah, that. But but I think but I think getting a victory. I don't think there'll be any. You know, sure. I, I don't think it, there'll be any negativity attached to that. But um, I'll be curious to see if the Nuggets do uh, come out just as they've been, or if they decide to throw a wrinkle in, in anticipation of what the Suns might do. I'm curious to see what the Nuggets will do about campaign, right? And, and I'm curious to see how this whole thing is going to look. Now, Chris Paul has been ruled out. At least it's been reported as such, and I think that all that's, I mean, nobody was expecting anything different. So it's, the challenge is very clearly defined here. And I, and I think that it's it's going to take a, a real concerted effort, but I do think that the Suns have a great opportunity here to kind of 
test Denver where they haven't been tested before. This is a brand new this is a brand new altitude, to use a bad pun, that they're at right now. This team that's the number one seed that nobody was respecting, that nobody was making the favorite of. I, I said from being in Denver, you could tell Michael Malone and that whole crew, they were just really vibing on the idea that, hey, look at this. We're the number one seed and everyone's picking them to win. Ain't that something? Right? And so, but now, but now, but now they have to close the deal. They're in the position now where they have to finish this off. And they've, this is not, they don't have a history of success at this. No, they don't. I did, I did the research on the Nuggets playoff history. Uh, and earlier in the week, I shared this is like the 17th time that the Suns have been down 0 2 in a series. Uh, and they've come back to win one of those. And they've been on the bad side of an 0 2 comeback in each of the last two postseasons. The Nuggets postseason history is so brief. This is only the sixth time they've been up 2 nothing in a series. And that includes round one against Minnesota. Now they've won all the all mm-hmm. those series going back to 1978 when they've been uh, up 2-0. But uh, one of the adjustments, too, we saw the Suns that, that they kind of had on the checklist for game two is to get more three-point opportunities, open threes. Mm-hmm. They shot more threes in game two. They made less than they did in game one. They made seven three-pointers in game one. And six three-pointers in game two. Wow. Which is one of the lowest two-game stretches of threes. And no, the Suns don't live and die by the three-point shot like other teams do. But 13 made threes over a two-game stretch is not acceptable. And it's not sustainable if you want to get back into this series. Monty Williams did talk about the fact that he thought they had better looks from three-point range in game two. We thought um, the shot quality was even better. Um, We missed a ton. Um, There were opportunities to drive some of the contested ones, but I didn't mind the looks, especially when Kevin takes them. He's so doggone big and long. Even when you try to contest his three, it's still an open look for him. Uh, But we do feel like there's opportunities to create even more threes if we execute a bit better um, in their pick and roll coverage. Yeah, they had um, only two players make a three-point attempt Mm. in game two. Uh, That needs to be much more widespread, whether it's Damian Lee or Terrence Ross or, you know, campaign getting a a bigger role in in the offense tonight. They've they've got to spread that around to put more pressure on the Nuggets defense. Yeah, and they got to make shots. And and I and I do think like what Eddie Johnson was saying. There's there is something to be said for that. If you've got guys on the floor that the other team knows are afraid of shooting the ball, oh my goodness, you're just giving them a you're giving them a carte blanche to double team and harass your superstars and, and you can't have that yeah. uh, that's you, you just cannot have that you the psychological warfare in games like this is very very real and you've got to have hardcore dudes out there who who, who can handle that stuff yeah and we saw that um uh, in the regular season when russell westbrook was still with the lakers mm-hmm. the way in a game against golden state the way that they messed with his head now, giving him an open 18-foot shot and basically completely sagging off him, saying, go ahead, shoot it. You're not going to make it. Caitlin Clarkingham. Yeah, basically it, Kate, Caitlin Clarking, if, yeah. that, if that's the verb. It is a funny line to walk, though, because remember game one in Golden State, uh, Jordan Poole took the two biggest shots. And he was like, what are you doing taking those shots? Give it to the stars. It, it's like you could, the, you could have guys that like have no fear almost to a fault. Yes, but the big difference was that was end game situation in the final minute taking bad shots with with the game on the line 
we're talking about you know the first 40 minutes of a basketball game when Josh Okogie gets into the lane and is uncontested from five feet and doesn't want to shoot yeah. the ball and yep. looks for somebody to pass to. Yep. We're talking about DeAndre Ayton maybe getting an offensive yep. rebound, and instead of going back straight up with it, his first movement is to turn away from the hoop and look for somebody to unload the ball to. That is a lack of confidence. And it's definitely a bigger problem when it's someone like DeAndre Ayton. Yes. And when it's somebody like Josh Okogie, you can't have your third best player not having the confidence or not be having the aggression. I agree. And and that's part of the one one of the reasons why Nikola Jokic through two games of this series has been called for three personal fouls. DeAndre Ayton's been called for nine. The Suns are not putting and, and Jokic for his size is yeah. not a great rim protector, he's not a great defensive player. No. But that hesitance to, to challenge him down low. That has not worked in the Suns' favor. We've we've seen parts of this playoff where Chris Paul had that hesitancy. Yes. To shoot, hesitancy to have the ball in big moments. So it's it's almost well, it's it's team wide, yeah, yeah. except yeah, listen, for Booker and Durant. Michael Malone had one of the more notable quotes um, before Game One that really kind of echoes when you talk about the three point element of this conversation. He said, "Tough twos do not beat us over forty eight minutes." Uh-huh. I thought that was interesting, um, and and yeah, I think in the case of 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 Nikola Jokic, you could see in Game One, and even when Contavious Caldwell Pope really turned Game Two that. When when Nikola Jokic attracts something of a crowd and then dishes off to an open team, the, the, the results can be far more devastating yes. than him getting two points and plodding back down the court. I found it interesting, too, that game two and Jokic was great, 39 points. He took 30 shots. That's his highest number in any single game this wow. year. Wow. Yeah. And that's wow. I think I think that's still the recipe for the Suns defensively yeah, is to force I agree with you. about that number of shots. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, another Western Conference team made big adjustments last night, and they got on the board in their series. We'll talk about that and more NBA playoffs next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I was disgusted with my performance as if I didn't know how to play on both ends. Uh, Chris DeMarco showed me some film yesterday, and he said, I don't know who this guy is defensively. They were all defensive clips, and through the, they were pretty much through the first three quarters, and then he showed me myself in the fourth quarter. He said, this is the guy I know. So show up that way tomorrow. And, you know, I... I took that to the heart, and I knew, you know, that I would have to come out and have a good game in, for, in order for us to win. That's Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors, who evened up their series with a rout of the Lakers in Game 2 last night in San Francisco, and it was Steve Kerr rolling the dice on a couple of big adjustments uh, in personnel last night. One of them, Draymond Green at six foot six, starting at center, Plugging Jermichael Green into the starting lineup, and he gave them a lift in some limited minutes. Mm. And in my opinion, Vic, Kevon Looney's been about the second best player for Golden State this postseason. Yeah. And he goes to the bench, and it paid off. And uh, Golden State made mincemeat of the they Lakers sure in, in game two. I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State um, goes on a little bit of run here. I, 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 think, I don't think the Lakers are as good. 
And I, I don't think so either. I could see Golden State morphing from being the, one of the worst road teams in the history of basketball to being, you know, suddenly vibing on, okay, let's never lose on the road again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, yeah they, won the last, they won the last two they in Sacramento. They won the last two in Sacramento. And that's not an easy right. place to play. And now you're going to L.A., and so it's... It would be gross if, again, <laughs> they just, like, wa- slept, walked through the regular season and just turned it on in the postseason and got really far again. It would be gross, but if you're ranking gross things that are potential in that LeBron series... LeBron and the Lakers is far more gross. Yeah, LeBron and the Lakers moving on is far more gross. Uh, LeBron talked about, uh, gave credit to Golden State for their performance. The best defensive team in the league, if not one of them. Um, so that doesn't change, and that's what we hang our hats on. Um, but like I said, you get credit where credit is due. Clay uh, was spectacular tonight. Uh, and Draymond was great in the pocket pass with the rolls and things of that nature. Um, um, you know, so uh, Jermichael gave him big time minutes. Those, you know, those 12 minutes felt like, uh, you know, 24 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, he was big time for their, for their team in the starting role tonight, too. So um, you give credit, like I said, what credit is due, and we move on to the next game. But our defense is where we, that's where we hang our hat. And, uh, you know, and that, that doesn't stop no matter who we're playing against. Sure, it's a hat that you hang and not a crown, LeBron? <laughs> I, I'm surprised, too. It, it wasn't any talk of. Uh... You know, his cohort yeah. in uh, number three, that number that's going up into the rafters, apparently, just disappearing. Boy, did you hate that story. Just disappearing. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Huh? Di- disappearing in a big playoff game. Yeah. Anthony Davis didn't show up last night. Mm. Anthony Davis, with the change in the lineup, getting guarded by Jermichael Green and Draymond Green. And had eleven points and or yeah. eleven points and seven rebounds. Yeah, listen, I I don't. Yeah, they played like a team that was up one zip and had already accomplished their mission. It's exactly what they played like. Yeah, and they played. I think they played well early, but as soon as the Warriors made that first little oh, surge, yeah. Oh, yeah. it was yeah. over. Then they tapped out. It yeah. was over. Yeah, that did Clay not... hit a three to put mm-hmm. them up eighteen, and they might as well just have gone to the bus. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So, but, but again, I mean, there's the lake. That's a, that's a successful road trip for the Lakers. I just don't think it's going to last. I don't. I think that I think Golden State, in terms of their quality of depth, I think they've got too much for the Lakers. Day. I might be wrong about that, but that's that's kind of what I see happening here. Yeah, here's uh, Jay Williams with a little critique of uh, Anthony Davis. AD ceiling is sometimes to me higher than Joel Embiid or Jokic, but his floor, <laughs> the fluctuation of the extremes to me. One day I'm like, you're a superstar. The next day I'm like, you're JaVel McGee. How the hell is that possible? How do we talk about what is that fluctuation? gap between any other superstar in the NBA. I don't think there is one. Why is JaVale catching strays there? That's not fair. It's always funny when they reference specific people yeah. who have nothing to do with it. Right, like, what? Like, hey, what the hell? Right. <laughs> what do I have to do? Get my, get my name out of your mouth. It is amazing. Though. I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, Can you remember another superstar that was so inconsistent, that was so dominant when they're on, and yet like, literally game to game can be that inconsistent is Anthony Davis. No. It's it, like a double-edged sword of building your team around a player like that. One, he can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Two, he's inconsistent when he is healthy. And through this, if you want to call this a run, and I guess you can, they're in the second round. Through all of this, LeBron and Anthony Davis really haven't had a good game on the same night. And if that happens, look out. But I it, it, I mean... Maybe you could say the same thing about KD and Book. You, but not to that level, right? I mean, they had a couple good games together in the Clipper series. They haven't but, had though the. These are two of the five best players in the NBA games together. Not though. together, not together. Yeah, I think the one time that really happened was in the regular season in Dallas. 
Yep. When it was that yep. Sunday afternoon right. showdown right. of superstars, and they were they were the better duo without That's a doubt. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 The way most NBA teams now that are, are really good are built, it feels like it's all depending on how great will your two stars be tonight versus well the other two stars. Here, here's the other thing too with Golden State. Um, Doing what they did last night, if that symbolizes that they're now in control of that series, even though it's only 1-1, then it's, again, incumbent on the Suns to give us the matchup they failed to do last year. You don't want to be the basketball team that two years in a row had a shot at that Golden State team, and you're the one that couldn't get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though you had a better seed than them. Uh-huh. Yeah. They would have had home field, home court last year. They will have home court this year. Mm-hmm. With and, either team. That's and, the other thing is like things falling in their place. As the four seed, they would have home court against either team in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, they have to take great? advantage of yeah. stuff like this. Oh, I know. I know. And so it, 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 and they can. They just need to get through these next sure. couple of games. Can I go back to the story that I love so much? Oh, I have a I have a solution. <laughs> put put Anthony Davis's number in the rafters. Do you have any stories but, on Luca he can riff on while he's at it? it? I I have to give Luca. This a makes lot him of, feel a lot better. I have to give Luca a lot of credit. You I'll do? do that in a second. Okay, Anthony Davis, you raise the number to the rafters, but you take it down every other game. <laughs> well, he doesn't need it. The other up yeah, and every, down and up yeah. and down. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you have it in the rafters like. 41 games. Or actually, for home, it would be about 20 games a year, which sounds about right, doesn't it? <laughs> and Luka Doncic, uh-huh. um, look, we talk about his basketball a lot. We talk about his demeanor a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a tragedy in Serbia with a, a mass school shooting. And, you know, he's got ties to Serbia. His, his father is, was from there. He was born in Slovenia, but uh, he's offered to pay not only for the funerals of everybody that was killed in that mass shooting, but also you know supplying grief counseling for for the children at that school. So that's yeah, it was yeah, a great gesture, uh, it, a, a great it gesture really was. by Luca. Yeah, totally agree with you. And I was, I mean, I hate to sound, uh, you know, whatever word you want to use here. It was jarring. We've become so desensitized in a way to school shootings in, in America because they happen what so often now. It was jarring to hear about one in a different country, wasn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, I, yes, I do agree with that. And and I thought Luca's response was was really really good. I I, I tend to agree. People who know Luca say he's a really good dude. Yeah. And, uh, and you wouldn't know it from his demeanor on a basketball court, right? Yeah, he's very comes across very whiny on a basketball court, yeah. but I don't know if you saw the video. There was a guy uh, went. I think it went viral on Instagram. But there's a guy who was doing basketball player impressions mm-hmm. on how they protest calls. So he did Clay Thompson, Luca, Steph Curry, and LeBron, and nailed all four of them. I got to find this video. All right. I'll put it up. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's pretty pretty amazing. Coming up next, we will talk Suns Nuggets. Get into it in depth. Burnsy, what's Burnsy? going on? Dave Burns will join us in studio to do just that. Straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. They expect their energy to be up now that they're back in their home court. Normally, if I know that's because they surrender and they give it. 
<laughs> Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets with a smile yesterday when asked if uh, he expects the Suns' energy to be up since they're home. No, my friend, I expect their surrender. Do you expect? <laughs> then I couldn't make out the. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. <laughs> Uh, it's Pickley and Murata uh, yeah. mornings here on this Friday, and it's our pleasure to uh, open up the studio to a guy who's going to be in this studio from 2 till 6 today with John Gambadora. The one and only Dave Burns joins us. What's Did up, uh, James Bond ever use the phrase splatter pants mm. in any one of his motion pictures? No, I didn't know. Who, who, which, which Bond could have delivered splatter <laughs> pants uh, with the most aplomb? Would, would, I, it, would that have been... Jarrett? Uh, Sean Connery? Miss Moneypenny, I see you've got some splatter pants. <laughs> That's good. That's well done. Bravo. Wow. Bravo. Bravo, Joe. That was good. That was good. Roger Moore couldn't do that. No, it's also a lot harder to do the impression of any of the other Bonds. Yeah. This yeah, is, you got a George do a good, Lazenby. Yeah, I don't do a good Pierce uh, Brosnan. <laughs> My Timothy Dalton needs some uh, work. Pierce Brosnan saying splatter Craig. pants. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for introducing that to my lexicon. I I, I appreciate I, that. I bit. loved it too. They and these guys both heard they'd claim or heard I've that, heard that before. I, before. Yes. I have. New to me. Got to hang in the same circles as me and Dan. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the splatter pants crew. Uh, we've been, and you've been in the same boat, yeah. breaking, breaking down what's gone on and previewing game three, the return home for the Suns for what seems like two weeks. It's here. We know the reality with, with Chris Paul not being out there. I mean, you're just general gut feeling going into game three about the Suns' chances. My, okay, my gut feeling is really tied into what we've seen in the NBA the last two nights. You, you Two nights ago, you saw the Boston Celtics down one game to none at home, knowing that if they lose, they're screwed. What do they do? They come out and they play with a level of desperation that Philadelphia just could not match. Last night, carbon copy. The Golden State Warriors... No, they can't lose at home. If they do, they're they're down 0-2, losing both games at home. They play with a level of desperation the Lakers can't match. I think tonight the Suns are going to play like their hair is on fire. I, I think they're going to play with a level of desperation and, and an attitude that the Nuggets simply are not going to be able to match because they, they can't construct that, right? Yeah. They, they, they can't yeah. manufacture that same kind of desperation. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm guaranteeing something. I feel really, really good about tonight. The question for me is Sunday. Like that's the that's the hinge point now. Like if I'm assuming the Suns win tonight, feel good about it. The hinge point then becomes Sunday. Can they make this thing two two? Because if this if this is a two two, I don't know if the Suns can win in Denver without Chris Paul. I don't know when they're getting him back. Yeah. But just the psychology of the series and kind of the punch back moment. If you can get back there two two, it changes the whole yeah. narrative, the whole timeline, all of it. And that's why I think. You know, Sunday's game becomes the one that I'm really hyper focused yeah. on. You take a way. look at that Kings Warriors series when the Warriors were able to clap back and tie that thing at two. It, the the series just went nuts from that point forward. There was nothing predictable. There was nothing that held form. And and there is a there's a huge power that comes to the team that's down 0-2. If you can level the series, your show of stoutness exceeds what the other team did to get to 2-0 in the first place. Yeah. So you flip everything so, psychologically. Yeah, I think so. And and even before you get to 2-2, two, two, I think getting a win tonight, having the Nuggets taste their own blood for the first time in this series, that can do wonders for a team's 
own psyche and and kind of affect the other team's psyche too. Well, and I think, I, I, and I heard you guys talking about it driving in. I, I mean, the, the the psyche of the Nuggets and this, you know, thumping their chest for three days about how oh we're the underdogs, nobody's picking us. Okay, everyone's picking you now. I mean, you're you're yeah. you're you are the favorites yep. now. You 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 are supposed to win this thing. And, it, and it's man, we were talking about this yesterday on our show, and it might actually be to the day a year ago where it was on. It was on a Friday. The Suns were up two games to none over the Denver Nuggets, or over the Dallas Mavericks, pardon me. And I was legitimately worried that we were going to come in here on Monday, and the series was going to be done. And it was going to be like, man, what are we going to talk about for a week? We're going to have to wait to see mm-hmm. who the Suns are playing in the Western Conference Finals. And and instead, that whole series, the whole tone of it. Remember that Friday night? Oh, Chris, yeah. It was Chris Paul's birthday? Yeah. And, and that Friday night, they just they got worked, and he looked so old, and they looked so done, and they looked so tired. And the whole series changed on a dime like that. Yeah, it did. You're right. I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen here, but there is that feel. You know, like like I don't think the Suns can or will get swept in this series. I think tonight can start that psychological yeah. kind of flipping of the page and the change that you're talking about because it happened last year with the Suns and the Mavs. Yeah, Chris Paul on the shelf. He officially will not play. I I mean I don't expect to see him anytime soon. Uh, if this series goes to seven games, we might not see Chris Paul. That's just my personal opinion. But this is the seventh time since 2014 that Chris Paul. Paul's been injured in the playoffs to some degree. Injury or sickness where he's had to either affect his style of play or miss time. So now you got campaign in there. I know Gambo put it out there yesterday. He expects campaign to start. You think that is the right initial maneuver for Monty Williams? Yeah, if for only to save Devin Booker so that in the second half, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a crap ton of point puck tonight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I really do. Yeah. I in mean, a late game, close game situation. Who are you going to trust? Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, right. It, it really does come down to trust. Who are you going to trust in a moment like that? Yep. You're going to trust campaign? You're going to trust Devin Booker? I suspect that Monty Williams is going to trust Devin yeah. Booker. First half, you trust campaign. Second yeah. Half, yeah. Right. And if campaign, you know, it's it's like leaving your kid at home alone for a weekend, right? Like, let's do it for a night and we'll come back and make sure there aren't like beer cans <laughs> right, in the baby pool right, in the backyard. Right, right, right. And if you didn't throw a big, okay, then we'll try again. And, yeah. and I don't I'm not suggesting campaign as some kind of child here or something, but but you know what I'm saying. It's like it's like campaign. There, there's a limit to that trust. Although I I do wonder, and and I, we've talked about this a lot on our show too. I do wonder with Cam, he does seem to play better when he knows he's the starter, right? Like, if you look back... His starter splits this year are actually pretty good. They're pretty good. They're not bad. Like, when he knows it's not a quick hook, when he knows he's getting more than 12 minutes, 15 minutes, he seems to play with much more of a level head out there as opposed to the kind of hair-on-fire version of campaign. So, we'll see if they get that tonight. It would help, but I I suspect in the second half and the fourth quarter, it's going to be a lot of point book. A lot of point book. The other uh, rumored adjustments, and and Monty Williams has hinted at it, so if he's willing to do that, you pretty much know it's coming. Uh, Terrence Ross, TJ Warren minutes. Is it too little, too late? What do you expect from those guys? I mean, it's got a whiff of desperation, doesn't it? It does, but so you does know? so does O two. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, justified, but uh-huh. it, but it does have a little bit oh, of a no, whiff of desperation. Absolutely, absolutely, it does. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it because I think it, I think it's validated only because of the Chris Paul injury. So you do have to dramatically, you know, fill a hole and, and change your whole dynamic. So in that context, yes. It, it, in a different context, I, we all saw what happened last year when the when the Mavericks effectively 
coaxed Monty Williams into benching campaign and JaVale McGee, two of their more emotional touchstones, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, you know, it's like, who are we? Well, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, the two of our main pieces are now benched. Yeah. So, so I think, I think what Bernsey's saying is right. I think it, it, it has the air of desperation, but in this situation, I think the desperation is warranted and tied to Chris Paul. Yeah, right. I agree. But on, on the player side of it, psychologically too, and I'm not questioning the professionalism of TJ Warren and Terrence Ross, but you wonder if there's just a little part of them when they're struggling to put the ball in the hole in, in game two and, and brick after brick after brick. And throughout these playoffs, these two, accomplished scorers are sitting at the end of the bench going, Hello. What about us? <laughs> Hello. We're over here. You've gone through Landry Shamit. You've gone through Josh Akogi and Tori yeah. Craig and and all of these guys. When are we getting our shot? I defer, wonder if there's any yeah. of that. Defer to the point. I mean, especially when you got guys in the Josh Akogi moment when he was in the lane, a wide open six footer, and he passed the ball back out. You've got guys, two of them, who don't have a conscience at all when it comes to shooting sure. the basketball. Sure. And you juxtapose that with guys who are afraid to shoot the basketball, and it's like your solution's right there. That's the way it appears. Yeah, it, it also does feel to me like just another chapter in kind of the book that's been written ever since the Kevin Durant trade in that it has been a constant search for Monty to try to figure out mm-hmm. who and what and where and how and when and when is this guy coming in and when yeah. is that guy coming yeah, in. True. We saw him struggle with it. I, I mean, even in the last three weeks of the regular season, there was Nothing that was consistent, no no regular playing time you could count on from any of the guys, and it, all it's done is carry over. Yeah. And and it, it's I guess that's part of the experiment of adding Kevin Durant midstream yes. the way that they've done. But the fact that they never really settled on any kind of a firm, reliable rotation when it comes to the bench guys is really coming back to roost right now, right? Like they, they're, they're paying for it right now. I think. But to Monty's defense, none of those players made it an easy decision. That's true, yeah, because yeah. nobody was consistently. Yeah. And then campaign got hurt and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Red Hot Chili Peppers, heading to State Farm Stadium with special guests, The Strokes, on May 14th. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. More on Suns Nuggets Game 3 with Dave Burns in studio with us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. Not quite torture, but you know, uh, I'm definitely anxious to get out there and want to go play. And, uh, three days is a long time, 26 games in the playoffs, so especially after a loss. So yeah, we, we get a little anxious, um, but luckily we got a game tomorrow, and it's going the series is going to roll out pretty quick. I think we got a day in between in each game. So that helps. So we'll see. It's Kevin Durant of the Phoenix Suns talking about the uh, three-day layoff in between games two and three. But that layoff is finally over. Game three tonight, Suns and Nuggets from Footprint Center, a 7 o'clock tip. Dave Burns remains with us in studio as we uh, talk Suns Nuggets. And it might be a little bit more torturous for Kevin Durant than the other players waiting around for three days because, let's face it, Burnsy, he didn't have a KD game. Uh, 10 of 27 from the floor, missed 10 three-pointers. And an argument can be built, a very strong one, if KD, you you could say if Chris Paul stays healthy, they win that game. If KD hits four more shots, they probably win that game. This is tough. Your whole 
strategy was built on him being elite, being great, being there in those moments, mm-hmm. right? Not missing 10 of 12 three-point shots. So to see it fail like that in a moment where it, it, was, it was designed to succeed. I mean, we, all, I, we talked about the three-point shots and how they needed to take more and make more. Man, I'll, I'll live and die with Kevin Durant trying more three-pointers, right? Uh-huh. That, that's the guy. I don't want campaign shooting a bunch of those. I, I, I want Kevin Durant out there on the perimeter yeah. shooting a bunch of those. And to see him miss in that moment, it did. Look, I, I will forever always be in favor of this trade. I will forever always think it was the right thing to do. It was a bad day for the advocates of the Kevin Durant trade to sure. watch him go like that, right? Because everyone's like, where's the depth? Where's Mikel? Where's Cam? Where's mm-hmm. Jay? Where's your draft picks? All for this guy? I still think it was the right thing to do, but man, did that really cut into your heart a little bit to it see did. him struggle as much as he did. Yeah. And the Suns don't get the benefit. I mean, the three-day layoff when game two ended, there was maybe a glimmer of hope. Maybe that'll help Chris Paul. You know, maybe it's not that bad of an injury. Maybe he'll be back. They don't get that benefit. There is benefit in this three-day rest, I think more so for the Suns than the Nuggets. And I'm looking at Kevin Durant, sure. and I'm looking at Devin Booker, who have been taxed, uh, taxed so heavily from a minute standpoint. And at the end of game two, those guys looked a little bit tired. Yeah. Maybe that was the altitude. Maybe it was the accumulation of minutes. But I think that three-day layoff is going to help those guys. The uh, it's it's been you know it. There's been a, a narrative, and I think Ko has said that a lot of the looks for KD in Game Two were, were open looks, and I that that is true. But the Nuggets have also really been shrinking the court on KD and Devin Booker, and they've been doing it by just running away and leaving Torrey Craig wide open, Josh Okogie wide open, Damian Lee, Landry Shaman, whoever the, uh, they're just leaving. Which is why I think you're seeing these changes to Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren tonight. Even though it does reek of desperation, I think it's directly tied to that strategy that that there's just nothing around that free throw line. He goes left, there's a body coming at him this way, right, the same thing. Mm -hmm. So they need to create some spacing, yeah, somehow, some way. And it's necessary desperation. I'm not not saying it's it's you know unwarranted. It is it is necessary desperation out of money. It's there's no criticism there. No, no, and I'm not directing this at you. What, what, What I am saying. Thing, though is that the struggles of Kevin Durant are not happening in a vacuum. It's not like he's just missing all open shots. They've got a good defensive plan. They're throwing at these guys. I mean, yeah. he got blocked. Bruce Brown blocked a Kevin Durant yeah. shot. You yeah. know what? I was led to believe before he got to town that you can't block a Kevin Durant shot. He's had several blocked. Let's just kill that narrative that is right true. now. true. Yeah, that's true. He's had a couple. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I but, saw the screenshot of it. I'm like, whoa. Four, and then he said, you know, it's yeah. funny. As a former teammate, after the game, he said, I, I was, I've been trying to do that in practice to him for a couple of years. And I finally got him. That's what he said. And, and they're using this Christian Braun kid, this wing out of Kansas, this rookie. I'm like... You're using him to check KD? (laughs) And the thing about KD, and and not that we're spoiled by him because he's barely been here, right? But but he he is so effortless in scoring 30 points. Mm-hmm. He makes it look so that when that, that when he scores 30, you, you, it's not like you shrug your shoulders or anything, but he makes it look so damn easy that you just you almost expect 40 out of him on the elite games, right? 45 mm-hmm. out of him on mm-hmm. the elite games. And when he doesn't hit that mark, 
You're like, wait, wait, what's wrong? What happened? What's because we've seen against the Clippers, he would hit 30, he would hit 27, 28. He, he didn't look like he even broke yeah. a sweat out yes. there, right? Like it was just so easy for him. He needs to, this game really needs to feel Kevin Durant tonight, right? Like he just needs to put his grubby fingerprints all over tonight's game if they're going to have, just for him and for them to see that, okay, this is why we got you and you're here. And he, he needs to have one of those all time great KD performances at some point over these next two games that they're going to get back in this. Yeah, game. I mean, the the feeling from the Sun standpoint after game two was, oh man, we, we wasted a game where. Jamal Murray was bad. Like, Jamal Murray's not going to be that bad again in the series. I don't think. I didn't think his Game 1 performance was sustainable. I certainly don't think the bad results for Game 2. But, you know, Kevin Durant, I mean, we're not expecting another 10-for-27 game. And if he does have that game that you're talking about where his fingerprints are all over it from the beginning and he goes off for 45 and the Suns win... That creeps into the in the mindset of the Nuggets too. Like, uh oh, now we got to deal with elite Kevin Durant. Yeah, Jeez. and if elite Kevin Durant can stay around, but. Going back to your point about game two, and it's not just the Murray thing. It was the way the offense was starting to flow with Chris when he was out there yes. before he got hurt. Are you going to get a better chance to win a game there than what you got in game two? Are you are you going to get, like, if you know you have to win one there, you're yeah. going to have to win one in that building. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get a better shot than in- the one you didn't get? On Sunday? I, or Monday, I'm sorry. Regardless, regardless of personnel, if they can hold them to 97 points again, I, I would love my chances. Okay. If you tell me Denver is going to score, let's say it goes Without seven. Chris? If you don't get Chris back, can yeah. you win a game there? Uh, I, I don't know. You but know? if you can hold them to 97, you certainly increase your chances. I, I, I don't know if that's sustainable. Every game is different. I, I, know, I know exactly what you're saying because the Nuggets just played so poorly. I'm just saying it's not that hard of a place to play. I was there for a couple of games. There's nothing remotely hostile about that arena. Okay. Nothing. Okay. So so while on paper, I, th- I think what you're saying makes sense, but I don't think that... I don't think it'd be all that yeah. difficult. Well, if they can level this thing up, I, I don't think it's really all that um, tough of a place to play. Well, to, and to your point, there is you know not only the building but the team itself. And we kind of touched on this in the last segment a little bit. There there is sort of a psychological. I mean, they're the Nuggets. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's, it's the, right. They're the They've Nuggets. Not it's done the, it before. What, what have you done? Yeah. Yeah. Vinny had the playoff history. There's not much right to no. draw on. There's not much. A couple of trips to the Western Conference Finals. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and one of them was in the bubble when everything was kind of wonky and different yes. anyway. I mean, yeah. there's in terms of the, the opponent we go, like, it's not the Warriors, right? Well, it, it's not the Lakers. It's 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 a really different vibe with them. And and I think they make these mistakes and you can see it. You can hear it from them. After game one, Mike Malone called Jamal Murray a bad man. And then after game two, he was bad, comma, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, 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 but generally a coach with some, like, Greg Popovich wouldn't do that. Uh, uh, somebody who knows that you have to get – you don't talk talk in those terms. And, and again, yeah. I know Jamal Murray was sensational in game one, but I, I think it just – it speaks to their to – their, to, to how new this is to them. See, this is good. I needed this. I needed this. Yeah. Because, no, I really – I really I, – because I, I, in my mind, I was thinking – 
without Chris Paul, I, I just don't know if they're going to win a game there. And if they're not going to win a game there, they're not going to win a series. Mm-hmm. But talking this through, this, is, this has been like a trip to the therapist, yeah, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, no worries. It's not that difficult of a place to win. And you just got to, you've got to, you've got to focus on, to me, at least, here's what I think. Two things. Number one, the Suns were so close to having that game two in their back pocket. If KD would play, just played a normal game, that team would have been up by 18 in the third quarter. The Nuggets wouldn't have come back. And, and, and so, so there's that. I'm vibing on that. And I'm also vibing on the fact that Chris Paul and the pace and the speed at which he wasn't playing was starting to become a real problem with this basketball team. And the way that the Nuggets were swarming him and disrespecting him, I'm not sure this offense isn't going to operate better in his absence. Now, I know, it sounds disrespectful. I know that. And I know there's things Chris Paul brings that you can't replace. He can settle this team down when they're getting a little wonky. Mm-hmm. And they can get mm-hmm. wonky. We've seen mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But, but everything else, the basketball stuff of it, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this doesn't actually doesn't turn out to be a, a blessing in disguise. I don't disagree with you on the offensive end. I think Chris Paul's absence will no. be felt more on the there, defensive there end. There is that. He there still has the elite that. hands and yep. the elite anticipation yeah, of jumping and passing lanes there and things is that. like that. Yeah, yeah. Bernsey, thanks so much for coming Bernsie! in. Here. That's my pleasure. Bernsey, what's going on? Grab an Oreo on your way out. <laughs> yeah. I shall, actually. Yeah. They've been calling my name for the last 10 minutes, uh, so I'm going to answer. Two to six. What are you guys going to be talking about today? Two oh, to six. Oh, you know, we're... <laughs> 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 what do you think we're going to be talking about? I know. It's coming up, that's Bernie for sure. Bench. He rose. <laughs> Cesar Geronimo. George, George Foster. <laughs> Burns and Gambo today at two, uh, from 2 to 6. Thanks again to uh, Burnsy for go, joining guys. us. Social Studies with Sarah Gazelle is next. Spickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.